You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. We are going to get right into our episode and talk about the NBA first. So as you know, March 25th is the trade deadline around the league. And um, what I wanted the guys to do is basically talk about um, their team, like what needs do they think um, the team has and, um, you know, who they would like to see potentially um, traded to their team. So I'm going to go ahead and get started this time because I have two teams since I'm from New York and uh, Brooklyn. So I'm good with where Brooklyn, listen, listen, don't start with me. <laughs> I like where Brooklyn is right now. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be greedy. People already is feeling a way about Brooklyn and, you know, with the acquisition of Blake Griffin and all of that. So I'm good with Brooklyn. Like shout out to Brooklyn. I think we're in a good place to really make a righteous run in the playoffs. So the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks, first of all, my team, well, the Knicks, my team, whatever, they are competitive this year. And for the first time in many seasons, I'm able to say that we have an all-star in Randall. You got Tibbs who came in there and kind of changed the whole defensive dynamic of the team. You know, you have RJ Barrett performing. And of course we have quickly um, the rookie who's doing really, really well. Um, I do think we need help on scoring. I was looking at the numbers this season and, and it only Randall and RJ Barrett is, is averaging like over 15 points a game or somewhere around that range. And that's just not gonna be enough. And I think we also need some perimeter shooters. We can definitely improve um, um, around the perimeter. And so kind of like with what's out there, I wouldn't be mad if Austin Rivers makes his way over to the Knicks. Um, I don't know if I see it happening um, I kind of think if we want like some veteran established shooters, we should probably hopefully get somebody like a JJ Redick or so that can just come in. He's a veteran. He knows what to do and, and can kind of improve um, on that area. I like how we look defensively and um, I think we're heading to the playoffs this year. So that's kind of where I am with, um, with, one of the two of my legitimate teams that I root for this season. So I'll throw it to the guys. Shout out to Reggie Bullock from North Carolina on the Knicks. It's a hoop state, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, for the Hornets, man, we need a big man. I'm really hoping that we get Miles Turner. Um, there's been reports of a lot of teams who are interested in him, but um, ever since Dwight Howard left the Hornets a few years ago, like we've seen like all we need is an actual big. And if we do need just another piece, we need another guard, but it would need to be a guard with size because we have three guards on our team outside of LaMelo who are six, three and under. And that's always been our MO. Um, the, those are really the only two things that I see that we need. 
Um, outside of that, we might just need one more vet, um, but it pretty much be like the Jared Dudley role because I think Bismack is like the oldest player on the team. I think I'm older than majority of the players on the team. So <laughs> those are the only things that I see at this time, and hopefully we can get over this three-game skid because we play basically the top teams in the West. So Right. Man, let's get to it. First of all, you got the Brooklyn Nets over here <laughs> building the Avengers. Like, these guys are tripping. Man. <laughs> How many all-stars superheroes do you guys need? <laughs> What nah. is going on here? Like you guys want everybody. You want and, then, everybody. and in fairness, Kelvin, that's why I said Brooklyn, y'all go where y'all are. I'm not gonna be out here being greedy. <laughs> I don't know what else y'all can get. You know what Giannis too? I mean, I don't know what else y'all can get, man. But as for the Knicks, man, I, I gotta trust these New York teams, man. I think the Knicks need to pick up one of these MSG security guards, man. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Because I heard they get stopped. So, so shout out to them. But, but let's talk about the real issues right here. The number one seed, the number one team in the East Coast, the Philadelphia 76. You're a Philadelphia 76. You know, minus Joel Embiid, minus Ben Simmons. We still getting wins, you know, uh, just a shout out to that team. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. And and shout out to the number two team who don't have the best player in the league. Yeah, yeah. KD, we are still getting wins and buckets too. So shout out to them. So go ahead, Kelvin. Yeah, I, might, I must have hit a spot because I, I didn't interject when Dion spoke. <laughs> Dion just housed my, my segment, man. She just housed me. It's all good, though. I'm going to get back to what I was saying. I'll get back to what I was saying. So all I'm saying is right now, all jokes aside, we are not going to make a major move. You know, if Evan was on the show, he would swear by Maury making a big, a major move. And I just can't see it. I mean, I'm looking at the pool of, 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 of possible players that we can pick from, man. And it's like cats like Thaddeus Young and um, uh, I, was, I can't even say a guy named Bella Jenka from uh Sacramento. I mean, guys that were like really not really put us over the top. I could be honest, I don't see us beating Brooklyn. I mean, I don't, I don't see that this year's all star team beating Brooklyn to be honest with all the guys they got, but it's going to be hard for us to compete with Brooklyn as a symbol. So, of course, I want. A, a professional score on our team, number one, which we don't have. And, you know, I would like a, a, a power forward that can come off the bench, but I honestly can't see it. If Maury works some magic, uh, shout out to him. It would be good for us, but I don't see it. Well, I would like to say Brooklyn, yes, they are the Avengers. Yes, there was some assembled because of the evil of the East. <laughs> so, and they're going <laughs> to take care of that. Um, for so I'm since I have um, Dion touched on the Knicks already, uh, I'm gonna say I agree with her, and I I wouldn't be mad if they stay packed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for Brooklyn, I would say they need a, a, a backup center because we don't know how much Blake have. Um, so I would like for them to get somehow like a Drummond or even a McGee um, from um, from the Cavaliers to help shore up that center spot, athletic center. They really lost a lot. They really lost a lot. 
Yeah, DeAndre jo- Jordan. Is he has like such a 44. liability. Yeah, he's but, like 44 years old. Oh, my old. gosh. But not him. only that, like, he <laughs> His his moves. I mean, I don't know if you watch the games. I'll be like, "What is this man doing out here, man? It's like, terrible." It, he he really he. They should be giving him no more than ten to fifteen minutes a, a quarter. You know. I like, agree. I, I, I was it. about to say the same thing. That's he, it. He don't need to be there. No 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 more for defensive premises. Ten to fifteen. You can give him more than ten to fifteen a quarter. That's what you don't. Ten to fifteen a minute. No no a minute ten, ten to fifteen minutes, minutes total. Like. Elvin, he starts to get senile, <laughs> and like he he starts going up for rebounds when the ball isn't even there. Like it's it's goofy to watch. I don't know what's going on with DJ, but he's not what he used to be. Yeah, it it, it is. You know, friendship really brings you uh, along because if KD didn't want him, he wouldn't be in there. They would have traded his traded him a long time for ago. Real. So so that's the only thing. Like Drummond or even a uh, McGee. Because he's long, McGee's seven two. He's long. He's lanky. He could run up and down the court. But even him, twenty minutes a game. So between both of them, yeah. you have enough. You have enough. And that young guy they have, I think I've got the other guy who's coming off the bench. Between those three guys, they could really help the team. That's about it. Anything else, they don't need. They just need KD to come back one hundred percent healthy during the playoff, and it's a wrap. Yeah. Wait. Did didn't someone get Drummond this week? Alan, no, no? okay, 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 not yet. So that'd be good. And like, uh, for LA, oh, I, I guess we'll talk about that. I think, um, they really need they love Marcus and and they need um Drummond. If the, the Nets can't get Drummond, I'd like to see Drummond go to, to LA Lakers. I really like to see that, um, that mm. move happen. And other that's than that, the secret team because we just, we're addressing our teams right now. No, oh, is- I, I, I'm giving the, I'm giving the, the viewers, I'm giving the viewers, uh, listeners, all a few teams that they may be interested in and okay. the hot teams. All right. Okay. So, all right. like I said, and the okay, guys, they they gigging on me because I was watching the 76ers because I, I watched the 76ers to get ammo against these two Philadelphia people, uh, Evans, who's not here, who's sending us texts saying, oh, uh, wasn't it Tyron Ross is coming? He believed. I guess he had divine intervention for that. But he's coming <laughs> to get traded. So it, it, it's crazy when you get a pre- uh, preacher on its show. <laughs> he gets some some insights that we're like, it's not going to happen. But So that's the only reason why 76, I watch for their demise and, and falter because they're not really going anywhere. So like we I was always saying, Tom Thibodeau is a better coach. Thank you. And yet, did not, Tom, Doc Rivers need Thibodeau. I always say that. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Well, honestly, if the Nets get Drummond, I'm going to have to hide for a few weeks because that team is going to be just too... That's going to be too much. Even for me as a fan, I'm be like, y'all, what are y'all trying to accomplish right now? <laughs> so that will be interesting. All right. Let us um, transition and talk brief little tidbit. So this week, LeBron and Mav Carter, who is his business partner, um, they acquired a stake. They are now minority owners um, in Fenway Sports, AKA the Boston Red Sox. And um, wanted to know how the guys felt about that. It's just another legacy move by LeBron and and Mav. Mm -hmm. Business as usual, (laughs) nothing personal. Uh, now it's going to be interesting just to see if Boston fans uh, welcome him in 
mm-hmm. because of because of everything that's gone on. Granted, this is not really dealing with basketball, but you know, Boston as a whole is they they usually stand together when it comes to all of their sports. So I mean, I think it's just LeBron just setting the tone as usual. Yeah. Yeah. Um he's he's always gonna I just feel like he's always gonna be let me say this. It's a good look for LeBron first before I go with the negative. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I really feel like that's the furthest he's gonna get in Boston is being a minority owner. <laughs> like they not playing yeah. that. Like yeah. I it, if the fans had say, he wouldn't even snuck that off, yep. to be honest. But I don't feel like Boston is a town where he's ever gonna be any more, him or Mav gonna be any more than minority stakeholders. Um, so I think if Brian want to get into the business of owning teams, I feel like this is a start, but he's going to transition from Boston and go somewhere where he could be the majority older owner eventually. Because mm-hmm. I don't I don't see it happen in Boston. Yeah, I agree with y'all. Um, Boston's not going to accept him. And I believe um, I'm listening to some reports. And I think the one reporter was stating that this is a plan for him to build. He's not allowed to own any NBA team as a player. And his goal is to own NBA team and to have enough money. So this being part of this group will help him generate enough money when he does retire, will allow him to, have, you know, when the time opportunity comes, uh, able him to bid for an NBA team mm-hmm. and to be an owner of an NBA team. So I think this is just something he has to do right now, put some money in for something long-term. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to fault him. The Boston fans, they, they probably accept him in the sense he's a superstar, uh, other than that, they only they tend to accept only superstars, Boston. And but for him to really be part of the team, and I don't think you're gonna see him around the team. He's gonna be like Shaq that owns Sacramento Kings. You you know he's a far owner. How often you see Shaq <laughs> or talk about that? Nothing. So it's just a, a money investment for help build something in the future. And um, so I'll take it as really nothing. It's just saying, hey, he did this. But in the broad mind, is like, yo, I'm have bigger plans. So I, it's just to me, just something that happened, but something investment for the future, a long-term investment. True, true, true. And and I used to, my dad used to have me watch um, baseball a lot. So I'm very familiar with the culture um, with pretty much any MLB team, but particularly Boston fans, they don't care who you are. They will hate you. They will curse you out they will talk about you in the media. So I don't know. I think it's a good business move for LeBron, like for his personal thing, but I hope he's not expecting some red carpet or anything coming out of Boston. As Kelvin mentioned, he will forever be a minority owner in Boston. Like that's just the ceiling for him. Um, And I don't know if I was a Boston fan, I'll be worried. They had the curse of the Bambino for almost a hundred years. Now you're going to have the curse of the LeBron, you know what I'm saying? So it'll be funny if the franchise starts looking crazy again, watch them blame LeBron because that's what Boston does. They are not classy at all. Agreed. Agreed. I just want to say one more thing. Shout out to the GOAT, Michael Jordan. For uh, paving the way for these guys, I, I like the way LeBron doing, and uh, and it wouldn't happen for it wouldn't happen unless you have Michael Jordan, you know, doing something like being a my, my um, majority owner for a team right now. So his legacy lives on. Second that, second that is 
That is facts. And it's funny when um, Phil mentioned like LeBron's ultimate goal is to own an NBA team. MJ is all, that's the first person I thought about. And it's like, man, in so many ways, LeBron is trying to emulate um, MJ, which is a great thing. Like you emulate the greatest, right? Whether it's on the court, off the court, business moves or whatever. Um, He's trying to get that MJ money. I mean, I don't know if he'll ever catch up to MJ money, um, but shout out to LeBron. I mean, he even has six finals losses to match MJ six finals wins. So shout out to LeBron for, you know, following his dream and trying to emulate the greatest to ever do it. All right. Let us move on and talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks. Now they are trying to make some noise. They have PJ Tucker. Um, newly acquired to the team. And um, I want to ask the guys today, what impact do you think he will have on the Bucks? What does PJ bring that the Bucks need and will translate into success for them? I think that this is going to be another moment that's going to help the Bucks sit on the floor of the 76ers and to remind them that they're coming for them. So the Bucks needed uh, that that shooter or that 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 linebacker that will help out in all aspects. PJ Tucker would play play defense, even though he's older. Play defense, still shoot the corner three, and could actually play center, <laughs> which is which is hilarious. Um, they took care of the point guard situation, which was great. But they needed um, with Holiday, Drew Holiday. He when he's in there, they're winning. They beat they beat with uh, they beat the 76ers. The 76ers is not no easy pushover. And they had a little slide, so but they need that consistent shooter, which I think PJ will bring that leadership and that experience of not passing. <laughs> okay, he doesn't do nothing. nothing. <laughs> he just helps. Him. I don't know. He's just another piece. <laughs> Look, I was about to say, are you calling him a consistent three-point shooter? Because I was ready to start cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, yo, I was really, really, I was like, yo, Phil, Phil can't be serious right now. But I can't convince myself. I can't, I tried. Man, look, uh, PJ Tucker is going to be what Charles Oakley, uh, grandmama was basically. So he's basically going to be that brute force that you need, that big brother. He's just not going to be slapping people around on the face. Um, mm-hmm. He's basically going to be the one who looks out for Giannis. Um, like that situation in the bubble to when he got into it with that uh, player from the Washington Wizards. Like normally you have a guy stand up for you, but Giannis is over there standing up for himself, um, being as young as he was. So PJ Tucker is going to be that guy. Um, Of course, he's going to be great defensively, especially in the post. Um, But he's just going to continue to do things as he's always done in Houston. Like, I mean, I feel like, Milwaukee lost a point guard. I'm like, okay, Drew's out, so you're just going to have Chris Middleton run the point? I mean, I don't see DiVincenzo. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's a point guard, but he's really not a point guard. He's not a facilitator, and I feel like that they lost out on P.J. Augustine. So, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shout out to you, Ireland, for not including the Sixers in your argument, man. I mean, this guy still is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the question was clearly about the Bucks and PJ Tucker. This right. Guy, he's been three minutes on the Sixers, man. Like, 
Shout out to you, Alan. So anyway, um, I do think this would be a good move for the Bucks, And I didn't originally, but Alan kind of swayed me a little bit because last year I was saying the same thing. They didn't have the toughness, right, for them to be able like the fact that people was bullying or getting under the uh, skin of Giannis and forcing him to get flagrant twos and all this craziness was a big problem for me. So P.J. Tucker kind of alleviates that. <clears throat> At the same time, though, I do feel like P.J. Tucker has to buy in to this culture. I feel like P.J. Tucker is a real one, and I don't feel like there's no real ones over there in Milwaukee. So it's interesting, it's interesting for me to see how he fits and how he goes into this culture. Is he going to buy into this brotherhood? Because those guys seem like they still, like, play with uh, coloring books and like play video games all night and <laughs> like cartoon characters. Like that, that's what I, that's the vibe I get when I watch Milwaukee. You know? Like it's just like a bunch of weird dudes to like, like wrestle each other and all that craziness. So I don't know if my man Tuck is going to buy into that culture. So that might be a problem. And then <clears throat> other thing for me is the spacing, right? Like Giannis needs a lot of spacing. I don't know if this helps your situation with the spacing on the floor He's uh, he's able, uh, able and willing shooter, but he's not a good shooter. Um, so, you know, I don't know if this really helps your team far as like, you know, offensively, of course, defensively, it's going to help your team. But I, don't, I think your problem is more so when you get into those clutch moments, um, a play playmakers and players that's going to be effective in those moments for Milwaukee. And I don't know if they address it totally with uh, P.J. I think, and, and I agree with those sentiments. I think you bring a lot of help on defense with PJ at the end of the day. And I always had respect for him, but when they played the Lakers um, in the bubble last year in the postseason, I was so impressed that PJ was out there being, I don't know how, how tall is he? Like six, He was six five and he he was out there guarding AD like you know and doing a decent job like it's but so much guarding you can do to AD right when he's healthy but he was doing a good job and so I think you get a good defender I think he helps he'll be a good wing defender it kind of helps um Middleton out there um Drew Holiday when is he supposed to come back uh, he's slowly been coming back into the rotation. Okay. From what I've seen recently. Okay. So yeah, like playing against the Sixers the other day. So I think oh, okay. I him against the Sixers. Okay. So you know you get help on the wing, which is going to be something the Bucks is going to need with these teams in the East, right? Um, playing against Philly, playing against Brooklyn. Um, I read a report that said that P.J. Tucker will um, be a great help in trying to neutralize Kevin Durant. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm looking to see how true or how much of um, how Fake much of that news. will come to fruition, huh? Fake news, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> stopping KD. <laughs> Like I look, I'll just tell you what these people be out here writing about. And I was like, oh, that that's an interesting um tidbit. Um, so I think he brings defense. We also can't forget he is not like this offensive powerhouse, but he loves that corner three. 
And so if you could get him a quick shot, let him get to his spot. I mean, he, he's going to give you um, a couple of threes as well. And what the guy said, toughness and grit. I feel like that is what Milwaukee is missing. And I think Giannis tries to be tough, but it really don't translate that way in real life. Like in his head, it's like, yeah, I got this. I'm the, and then in real life, it's like, sir, I'm going to need you to have a seat. And so I really think having that kind of mentality from a player is really going to do well to these young players. And I think overall, it's a benefit. How much of a benefit, though, I think we'll have to kind of wait and see how he actually meshes um, on the team itself. He's going to get those corner threes off of that uh, drive spin kick out yeah. that's where he's gonna get those <laughs> the, the, the um harambe spin that uh Giannis <laughs> loves to do in the bit like what is he doing I mean I look we bring this up every few months and I'm still trying to understand what is that spin move thing that Giannis is doing down there his go-to move oh Not my the god counter, the hey, go-to. hey allowed him to sit on the 76th floor so hey I gotta give it to him <laughs> Oh my goodness. So I'm excited. Look, I'm a fan of PJ, so I'm I'm rooting for him. So I I hope it works out. All right. So let's transition now um, and talk about the NCAA. And what came up this week is that there were a lot of concerns and legitimate concerns for the disparate treatment um, of like facilities for men and women in the NCAA. And so, as you know, athletes, they need their weight rooms. They showed a picture of generally what the men weight rooms look like. And I mean, it's amazing. It's huge, many machines. Then they showed what they had um, for some of the women facilities. And it was literally a barbell rack with a few barbells. Literally, I have that in my bedroom right now. I'm not an athlete. I don't know what that was supposed to accomplish. And so there was really an outcry. It's like, come on, like we can't keep doing this. Like you can't keep treating women athletes differently. And if you guys remember when we first started talking about the bubble last year, NBA, WNBA, they had like the men in like these super suites in Disney and they had the women in Motel 6, we'll leave the light on for you. Like it's ridiculous. And so I wanted to get the guy's perspective about once again, we're having to discuss another topic of disparate treatment of women athletes. What do you guys think about this? I'm I'm actually- I was going to say, I'm glad that this happened, to be honest, because NCAA falls short so many times and they need to get exposed. This is ridiculous, though. You know, like, this is just plain old stupid. It's like, how do you have, uh, uh, what is that thing? Um, I forgot the name of the gym. Let's just say the best gym in the world in one facility. And then you have, like, you don't even have Planet Fitness in the other one. You know, you got something that's in somebody's basement. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, it's so ridiculous to me that this is even the topic. I was just waiting. I was waiting for them to come out and say, oh, this is not true. The girl needed to go down the hallway a little further to see her. You know what I'm saying? I was I was waiting for that conversation to happen. 
And when it didn't happen, I just scratched my head. So like, who works for y'all that, that would think this would be okay to do? Like, this is a major million dollar corporation and you get that wrong? Like, that's easy. Like, I expect my son, six, to know that if it looked like this on one side, it should look like this on the other side. Like, this is just a, a conversation that, that needs to like shut the door on a lot of NCAA power and kind of re, re, revamp, reform that whole system because it's mm -hmm. ridiculous. It is. So Don Staley said it best because I read her uh, her statement the other day. Uh, March Madness is only about men's basketball. Hmm. Simple as that. Like the NCAA, like setting this up is is trash. It's yeah. it's straight trash because it's like look, the same way uh, the men go to class, the women go to class. The same way that the men practice the women practice the same way the men work out the women work out you think they just work out with barbells like right. really like come on man like there has to be you have to set a standard to where it's at least like we can make this work we have to make this work what they have they should have like even when you see like i saw photos the other day of all the stuff that the men had like on their bedroom coming to March Madness compared to the women. It, it looks like they only had like a towel and a water bottle. And that's really it. And I'm like, really? Like, come on, like March Madness is for both. Like I watched both games. Like, yes, I, I like watching March Madness for the men, but shoot, when you watch the women, like there are, there are a lot of fundamentally sound women who play basketball a lot more than men. Like, let's keep it a B. So you definitely need to treat them in a way to where everything is on the same level. One shouldn't have more than the other or less than the other. Give them stuff to work out with, give them the right things that they need the same way that the men have. You have all this money, use it accordingly. I don't see what the problem or how hard it is to do that. And I agree with both of you. And it's disgusting. I can imagine my, how many teams are for the women um, bracket? 64, right? The men, 64. So they play the same amount of games and they play around the same location. Why would you be so discriminative and give less to one than the other? And I saw that picture. One sets a dumbbell and I forgot the girl from Oregon. She showed that they had space. They literally had space and the space that she showed, they end up upgrading and putting a nice facility for them. And, and kudos to her, because I don't think this has probably been happening for years. And this is, you know, the whole disparity. And now now we have, you know, video cameras we can actually see. So like Kelvin said, I'm glad this happened. So if my when my youngest daughter start playing college, you know, I, I don't want her to feel less than someone else. They play the same amount of games. They have the same rules. Only thing is different is the basketball is a little smaller. The goalpost is the same. Everything. I coach women. Um, I coach um, girls, but well, actually, I coach girls basketball. And 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 um, see, only difference is I don't see too many high flowers, high flyers. But they play the same. It's the same. I actually like girls basketball in the younger age than boys. Girls actually are much more rougher <laughs> if you see it, and the boys compare are more finesse. I like watching girls basketball because they play with most of the time hustle and heart. Yes, I'm biased. I have three young daughters. So I don't I just don't comprehend the same sport, the same amount of bracket, same thing. Just give them the same thing. 
you know, when you go to Costco's or BJ's or those wholesale, when you buy in bulk, it's cheaper. So buy the same equipment and let them use it. That's it's simple-minded. I know those people at NCAA have daughters. I know they have. Out of all the, one of them have to have a daughter, and one of them have to have a daughter that plays sports. I know they're married to a woman, or have they have to have a mother. So you have to think about these things, and it's sad that they have to go through that because I'd be highly upset. But I thank you for, for exposing that. And now, if my daughter has the opportunity to play, I know that she'll at least have the same uh, accommodations for her as the men. Just treat them equally because they're both generating money. They're both student athletes, wink, wink, wink. And they're both, you know, more of the student athletes on the women's side than the men. But, you know, they're both student athletes and they, they're both playing to win. So give them the opportunity to be successful. And with the food, come on, man. You got to. Just give them the same food. I've I've seen pictures of, of 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 look like meatloaf. It was that looked disgusting. And the men had trays of shrimp and all macaroni and cheese and everything. just do the same. Treat them the same. We're all human. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm just ugh, I'm just disgusted. I'm just tired of having these conversations. And you know, we've been doing. Um, you know, our podcast now for like a year and a half. And I felt like we have had so many conversations about disparate treatment uh, with women in sports. And it's like, when is it going to end? When is it going to end? Like y'all are just doing the most and not in a good way. Um, Yeah. So like everyone said, it's ridiculous. I'm glad it's at the forefront. Let's make these changes and make sure um, that everyone is, is getting what they need. So really quick, I'm going to only give the guys 30 seconds each to talk about this. Since we're talking about the NCAA tournament, last week we told you guys that now if there were positive COVID testing by any players um, on teams in this tournament, that the team was going to have to forfeit. And so um, VCU, unfortunately, they had to forfeit um, the other day because one of their players tested positive. What's unique about this is that there's a rule um, in the NCAA that says if you have five healthy players, you can realistically go forward. Um, and even though they did have five players, that was overridden and they had to forfeit. So 30 seconds each, guys. How do you feel about this? Hey, it's an uncertain time and uncertain measures. Um, behind that, I think it was actually the county rules that actually went over road the NCAA rules. So even though it was they had five healthy players, the overway the way how they caught it, it seemed that they caught it while they were there, that the exposure would hurt everyone else. So I don't like it, but I think it's necessary for on these uncertain times for the safety of everybody else. Uh oftentimes these uh in these tournament games uh for the conferences they've been consistent with doing that. So I think it's something that they would have to just continue to do um, because we've seen it happen uh, over the past week, week and a half. My, my take is this, <clears throat> I feel as though um, they can afford to do that to a temp C small market VCU, but I really don't feel like they can do that to an overall number one seed like a Gonzaga or Illinois that had a prestige behind that university. So I feel like VCU is the example to, to, to tell the players, to warn the players that you really need to take this serious and do it up and take all the necessary precautions. But I don't feel like it's, it'll be, it'll have been equal or the same treatment if they were 
um, a highly prestigious school. I agree, Kelvin. And quite frankly, like I feel bad for the players, obviously, but I kind of understand um, what goes into a decision like this. But let a player on the Bulldogs test positive, and I guarantee you we will never know about it. Like just keeping it real. They will do whatever they need to do to make sure that um, certain teams play. So it's, it's, it's kind of unfair. What really broke my heart about this now in here is like the players were like crying and sobbing. You know, it just hurts to see the impact that COVID is still having. People are getting vaccinated and they think it's time for me to live my best life. Yep, COVID is still a thing. People are still getting it and people are still dying from it. So I, I honestly can't understand both sides of the spectrum on this one. All right, listeners, until next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.